Hello, legends, and welcome to the show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club, connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today, we're catching up with Alexi Neocleus. Alexi is the CEO of Fubi.co. He is one of our country's leading copywriting experts. He's a marketing automation king, and he has some of the best marketing hacks you're ever going to hear. In fact, uh, he's personally used these systems of his to get in contact with people such as Warren Buffett, um, Renee Rifkins, uh, the Rich Dad Poor Dad team. Alexi's been on stages all over the world speaking to thousands of people and sharing his knowledge. I'm incredibly proud to call Alexi a great friend, a personal mentor, and a longtime member of Cub. Honestly, we had one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. Um, so enjoy the show. And we're live. Welcome to the show, Alexi. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Looking forward to this. Yeah. Love the setup, as yeah. I said before. Thank you so much. Yeah, we went really professional here here at Cub. <laughs> we turned we turned my dining room into a into a, the best podcast. You like I told you, this podcast is going to be the fastest growing podcast in the country within three months, and I've been telling everyone that. So I'm going to be forced to that. Yeah, you're going to make it happen. I will make it happen. I will. Alexi, what's new? Man, I mean, we're recording this, as you know. About well, that's a month, really new. <laughs> really new. About a month after this COVID nineteen stuff, and so I've been mean, like, like I said to you before, last month has been a blur, man. I think for most of us. So, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting month. It's been a useful month because, in our case, we did take a hit to part of the business. There you mm -hmm. go. But from that, in our case, we've come up with a whole bunch of ideas, new revenue streams, products on offer, mm -hmm. ways to make us really bulletproof because of this so ask me if it's a, a blessing and i'd have to say net net yeah man i actually we're going to turn this into a good thing for us so yeah i think go. that's the difference between um strong leadership and and weak i mean stuff like this is always annoying and it's always a disappointment like you can't get away from it, especially yeah. if you're doing really well and you guys were having exponential growth yeah. you've always been industry leaders but you were this the newer project fubi was having exponential growth mm. Yeah, things pausing like this is just it's like, come on, man, really? Well, you know, you use the feedback. Like in our yeah. case, we identify, you know, what are we hearing from the audience? Where are gaps in the model and where's the opportunity? And mm. literally, excuse my language, are we mm. swearing on the podcast? We're anyway? fucking swearing. Oh, man, all right, cool. Lord, have to edit me out. No, 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 it's encouraged in this show. <laughs> I mean, it's, hey, just, this is real carb. This yeah. is real carb. Yeah. This is how you and I normally yeah. talk. All right, yeah. So in our case, we just looked at the opportunity um, where are the gaps and how do we make us more bulletproof? So for us, it's a, it's, it's going to be a good thing. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Like I was saying before, it's, it, it's all up to the leadership. You're either looking at it and being like, shit, the world's against me, or you're looking at it like, okay, how am I going to turn this into a win? And is being, um, could you have been prepared for a, how can companies prepare for a big drop in revenue like this? I mean, I don't know if that's something you can be prepared for. Yeah, so this is going to sound like I'm bullshitting, but I knew where the gaps were. Mm -hmm. And so for the last year, we've been working on plugging in the gaps in our model mm -hmm. so that when a recession came, whenever to sometime down the line, we'd be bulletproof. Yep. And the moves that I'm making now, or the moves we were making before to bulletproof the model, are still the same moves. Mm -hmm. It's just compressed on time. Yep. And as I keep saying to my wife, it's like I just didn't move fast enough last year 
to do these other activities and add these other streams and other these other services that make us bulletproof. And so for us, not a lot has changed in terms of our overall thinking and direction because, man, I, I you know, think about this stuff all the time. I think about the work that we do. I think about our model. I think about our opportunity. I obsess over the clients and what we hear from them. And so I knew like a year ago for our model where the gaps were, it just – didn't act far, yeah, but no one was expecting a virus to fly out of China and take out no, the world economy. So. A, a pandemic? No, fuck yeah. no, I saw what I'm talking about. No, no. <laughs> it was just a standard issue. No, no, no. Certainly how I was thinking it through is if we get to a time where it's a recession and how are people going to behave and how will they perceive us? Now you said prior to the podcast, and this came from Tony, this is worse than a recession. So mm. Things have come to a screeching halt, so that's something else, man. Mm. I don't even know the foresight that would be required to prepare for a pandemic. Mm. Well, <laughs> the reason is, and I think that the reason it's worse than a recession is two, there's two reasons. The first is that no one knows what the fuck's going on. So if you don't know, um, if you don't know the field, how can you move your chess piece? Where do you move on the board? Cause you don't know where, where all the other pieces are. So no one wants to do anything cause no one knows what's happening, what's going to happen. And the second thing is that in a recession, you could still go hang out with your friends and family and have a laugh and have a drink and at least forget about the bullshit that's happening. In this, you can't. You can't. You're stuck by yourself. So you've also in isolation. So not only has the finances stopped, but also your way of living has stopped. And that's and that's just fucking annoying. Like, yeah. Man, I'll tell you, um, a part of my mind has been loving the last month. Mm-hmm. We have moved so quick. We've written a second book. I did it, got it done in seven days, including the sales page and the funnel. Jeez. We've added. Like my second book, what do you mean? Um, an audio book. I made it okay. as an audio book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to get the team to write it because I have a content agency, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worked out a way to get the whole thing done in seven days for myself. Right now, prior to this, I wouldn't have known how to do that. So now we have a process for this that we can churn out often as we want. So for me, a part of me, what I'm trying to say is has loved the pressure, mm. has loved, like my team turning to me, a part of me has loved, be freaking strong, man. Don't you, you be fucking strong. Don't yeah. bullshit your team. Be honest. Yes. Show them the lead flow. And we've got heaps of leads still coming through. But mm. no, as you, as you said, like people don't know what's coming down the line. So in terms of them spending on our sort of a yeah. service, it's a question mark. Yeah. So for me, but a part of me has loved all this. Mm, the challenge. I've had to step up yeah. and now I haven't slept well every single night, obviously, <laughs> yeah. right? But a part of me has loved it. And it's quite funny to observe that part of my brain going, fucking step up, bitch. Like yeah. man, oh, you need man. to lead the team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I was talking to Alison Egan, uh, the owner of Spark and White Smiles, and she was saying that she, and I agree with her because I'm the same, she was saying that she actually performs better when there's chaos, when shit's going down, when when, when there's pressure. And, and I agree with that. I think often uh, the characters of people who are starting companies, running companies, they're people who like chaos because running a company is a lot of the time it's chaos. Yeah. Right. If, if you're that entrepreneur breaking things all the time, there's always chaos. If you're managing IBM <laughs> and it's, it's in place, well, you're probably not looking to break. You're looking to – maintain yeah it's a bit different for the entrepreneurs there is a lot of chaos that's all it is i mean i mean truth be told um there's this uh we're talking about chaos and adapting and so forth there's a lady named angela duckworth that wrote an amazing book i forgot the title of the book but it's about grit and there's a there's a survey a, a test you can take online that will give you a grit score right now 
there's no surprise. Like my case, it's off the charts. A big part of my team, they've got these really high levels of grit from that 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 um, uh, study from yeah. that survey. And so our team, even though like everybody else, we're going through the challenges. It's like it's so proud to see a team of people that are like stepping up and making mm. decisions. Yeah. Like my head of operations voluntarily offered to drop her wages by half without that, me even asking. Wow. And she's still showing up every day. Wow. Like all this stuff and I'm like, fucking how lucky am I yeah. that I've got a team of just hardcore winners that are willing to make the hard calls for themselves without even me having to ask them in some cases. I actually told the team that this is a great blessing because so I, I, we, we sacrificed our wages as well. And I said to them, guys, this has force, uh, forced you into buying into the company. Mm. Now I know that everybody's got their heart in the game, which means that uh, I'm, everyone's going to get a piece of the pie once this is done. Yeah. Right? Because, because they, they have sacrificed. That Normally the, it's only the business owner that sacrifices and that's why they get all the glory and that's why they have everything. Mm. But suddenly we're in a situation where everybody is sacrificing. Right? In some cases they really don't have a choice. But still, you, you don't make it like that as the leader. As the leader it's, it's a group decision and if there's decisions made then it's made and then it is a choice. And so you're going to have all these people in all these companies like ours, in um, high growth uh, companies, where they wouldn't have otherwise had the – opportunity to prove their buy-in or to yeah. even buy-in and now they will. So they're going to be uh, loyal to the company for life. The company is going to reward them for life. And, and You're on the money. It's a totally a two-way street. Like mm. my, my, like personally, my wife and I are going to be fine financially, right? Mm. Personally, for me, I, I straight away my mind went to my team. It's like, oh, I need to, need to, like it's the team that I think about. It's the team that I want to support. But likewise, because of that, I think it's going back the other way. So my head of operations voluntarily offered to cut a wage by half because mm. they see the support that I want to give them as well and am. So yeah. it teams everything. I show up back. It comes up in every podcast we do, but I actually had a, a, a chat this morning with the member. He gave – he sent an email. probably wasn't the most polite email. What he said wasn't wrong. It just was bad timing and it wasn't super polite to, to a couple of the girls on the team um, just in regards to our services. And he made some suggestions, but the placement, it was the Friday night. It was like the last email they're going to read and they had been working so hard and we've been getting praise from all the members of all the Anyway, I spoke to him and I fired back a pretty strong, ruthless email in return. And I spoke to him today and he's a brilliant guy, by the way. And we actually created, it turned into something beautiful. So it's all positive. But, but I, I spoke to him today and he goes to, yes to me, mate, honestly, if someone had, if a client of mine had ever written to me with, feedback uh, and they wanted to see an improvement, I never would have fired back at them. I would have except, and I said, well, maybe me and you are different. I said, my clients, while literally are my purpose and, and I love them all, they're not, the pri my, they're not my priority. Do you know who's my priority? The team. Because if I don't have a team, I don't have fucking clients. Yeah. Right. So I need to take care of the team first. So, and that's what I was doing. And I explained yeah. that to him and, and we actually ended up in agreements. We had the same no, you're on the money. I, I, here's, here's the thing. For most of my career, and we'll probably get into this, into the podcast, I was a direct response copywriter, high-end boutique type service, but I was the man, didn't have a big team to worry about and so forth. But as we kicked off my current company, I remember something I read first time Richard Branson, 
his view, his team are most important, not the clients. Is that what he said? It's the team. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, put that in the back of my mind. And now that we have, you know, all the employees that we do and so forth, I'm like, he's fucking on the money. Mm. Without the team, you don't get to have clients. You have nothing. You don't get it. Yeah. So it's team first, client second. Unless you want to be 100%, unless you want to be a one-man band and yeah. walk around getting paid for time, pay, paid by the hour. Like yeah. it's got to be the team. That's the priority. That is the business. Yeah, I agree. And I want to go back to one thing. You said it and uh, we didn't get a chance to go into it. You said you were, you were, you were already in the process of recession-proofing mm. the company. How do you go through that process? What were you doing? Yeah, what were it, you looking at? Yeah, so in our case, uh, the first thing was – um, so our, our service is really hard to deliver consistently across industries. Mm. And um, the service being content creation. Content creation, videos, articles, Copy. emails, yeah. infographics, you name it, right? And I realized that I need to build out our front end, our lead flow at such an epic level that we have 10 times, 20 times, 30 times as more inquiries as we do now so that we can cherry pick the best fit companies. The ones who are going to keep paying even in solid as a rock distress. baby. Yeah. yeah. And so we've taken a hit with our, with our business, right? And I take complete total responsibility because I didn't move fast enough to prioritize the lead gen. Now we had by any reasonable standard, like before this, we had our biggest month last month. Mm -hmm. By any reasonable standard, you'd say this, this dude's, they're killing it, right? But no, in my mind, because I've been in the position before, when you are spoiled for choice, then you have power yeah. and you get spotify for choice by having lead flow really flying in at the right price. So in our service, we don't work to with it as anybody They need to be fit. But within that, there are circles within circles, even with clients that are fit within that there are clients that are super duper fit that there's just no circumstance that could ever look at us as a line item and expense report and go, let's pause those guys. Yeah. Cause we are so essential to their core business. So I was working on that already. And we were moving forward. I just didn't move fast enough. Yeah. Do you know what it is? We actually talk about it cover all the time. We say we, they need to be better off with us than without us. Their chance yeah. of surviving and succeeding, and it is, their, their chance of surviving and succeeding is, is much higher with us, or with yeah. your company. So they, they, they need you. It's, it's not a, oh, this is a choice, this is a cost. This is, I can't lose this because and, – and that comes down to you producing – or creating that value. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you can fake. That's something that's a hard, real thing. At Cub, we've got the benefit of community and humans are evolved to need each other. They, they, they feel better together. They come together and they are genuinely stronger together. Mm. So, um, so we were able to not play on that. We were able to, or we are trying to deliver that and and um, I think that's, that's what you're saying. You're saying we, we, we want to, be a necessity, not a thing. And that's really the goal of every business, isn't it? To become a necessity to someone's life. You've nailed it. So this is something that I've, I've sharpened my thinking in the last month or so due to all this. And on my whiteboard in my office, I have summarized in the top right-hand corner, uh, get as close to revenue generation as possible mm -hmm. so that you are indispensable. And that's critical because the closer you can get so in a b2b what do you context, mean by close yeah. to revenue generation? so in a b2b context right so we, we do content for clients there are some clients like our biggest client he spends a million bucks a month on facebook ads okay Jeez. uh he's built a 25 million dollar a year business in 18 months right we do all his email content yeah 
from that email content, thousands of sales leads a month are generated directly because of the work that we do. We are as close to revenue as we can possibly get for him. Uh, so you're not actually making the sale, but you're causing the- That would be even better. Yeah. yeah. Even better would be we're directly responsible for the sale. That's yeah. even closer okay. to revenue. In our case, there are some genuine limitations as to what we can do at scale consistently well. Mm -hmm. So the closest we can get for him is do the awesome email content that leads to a booking for their salespeople yeah. to then do the selling. So the closer you can get to revenue in a B2B context yeah. so that you are indispensable. And the next part would be delivering the highest possible return on investment. Right. It's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I think I think we're, we're saying similar the things here thing. yeah. in a B2B context yep. for sure. And and I think that on the on the on the noted database on utilizing database and whatnot, what we were talking about before, mm. I think is something all listeners should hear because I think it's bloody genius. Instead of spending money on the um, uh, the uh, yeah, I guess additional marketing uh, things that they were spending money on and generating new leads, right? You could you if you've been having if you've been doing marketing for two years, five years, ten years, you've got a database of people that were interested in your product of whom did not who did not buy, and um, having some sort and you, I think people should be going back and utilizing the database. It's an asset that you already have. And this could be a great situation to force you to start using that asset. Cubs never touched the databases. And sorry to everyone today that received an email and a text message from me from our database because we sent out the first one, but <laughs> positive. Yeah. We never did, we never did that. Now we found a, a thing. I think you should be offering that as a service to your clients. Look, you're, you're, on the, on you're on the money. You're totally right. Let me lay a story on your shoulders. So we have a client that's a property educator here in Australia. And um, we do videos for her and social content. And what just five weeks ago, I'm on a call with her and I discover, I don't know how this fell through the cracks. She's got an email list of 33,000 names of people that she has been sporadically sharing content, but mm -hmm. not consistently. Her and I worked out rough back of the napkin numbers as to the equity in her list. Have a guess how much we worked out is just money, like equity in property, exact same. Have a guess how much we both agreed her and I is in her list. How big is her database? 33,000 names of people that are interested in property investment education that she has a good relationship with. And she's making money off the education or the purchase? Both, off the education and mortgages and stuff as well. Yeah, a million bucks. You nailed it, baby. Yeah. We, we conservatively money. worked out for the next three years, if she did not add any new names, it's worth th about 350 grand a year to her. Wow. Right, and now she's got high margin. The education side is all her. High, most of that's net. For the next three years, and she said, you know what, I agree. So her investing say two grand a month with us to do her email, for example, was yeah. that 25 grand a year to get back three, 300, yeah. 350 of money she's not having now, no brainer. Exactly what I said we should do with Carbon, you guys. The same yeah. thing. Yeah. And the, can you um, walk me through how you guys actually um, came to that number, how you figured out the value of the database? Part, part of his experience, um, part of it is, is knowing one of the questions I asked her was, are you communicating to that list now? She goes, yes. I said, beautiful. Share with me your open rates and your click-throughs. 
The numbers are good, 30, 40% open rates. Which is huge, isn't it? Yeah, what's normal, What's a normal open rate? What's the normal open rate to email marketing? Look, you can, it depends how often you mail it and how often and how well it's nurtured. Normal, I mean, normal. I mean, look, anything 20, look, boilerplate, 20% plus. You, is amazing. You, yeah, you're starting to get told that's numbers. amazing. Yeah, yeah, 20% plus. Yeah, but normally it's what, 9%, 9 to 15? Uh, if you're mailing often, you'll get to single, single digits pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, okay. single digits. So in her case, we worked out open rates, click-throughs, and then I asked her, so how much is the mentoring program? She's 15 grand a year. I said, how many people do you want a year? She said to me how many she wants. So I went, okay, so you've got 33,000 names. You've currently got the numbers that you have, mailing it often as you can. So let me ask you, are there – 20, are there 20 people per year from that list that if we nurture your lists, we'll spend 15 grand with you a year? She goes, oh, yeah, totally. She just knew because she knows her list. I went, mm. all right, minimum conservative. We both agreed it's worth 300, 300, 350 grand a year to her, her knowing her lists, knowing her audience and so forth. If she doesn't add any new names, because here's the thing. With email lists, some email service providers, if you do not mail people for a time, you get locked out. You cannot mail them again. So there's one email service provider that many of our clients are on, used to be called Infusionsoft. I don't even know what it's called anymore. They did a name change. They've got a segment called Unengaged Marketables that if a particular person has not opened your email for three months, right, they're gone. They're done. You can't mail them again. Really? So it's, there's equity that actually depreciates if you don't mail. Hitting it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's very scary because that yeah. means our database is very <laughs> It's scary. <laughs> are you on MailChimp still? What are you using? I don't know. Yeah, probably. We'd have to ask. You were on MailChimp. I, I don't probably, know what you're on Probably now. that. Yeah. But, but, um, but really, you could do a lot of things with your database. For example, a lot mm. of people aren't selling the same product. Cub now also has a digital membership to sell and we're releasing an even lower cost digital membership. Yeah, uh, because we've built a, a full online platform now. And I think that's going to be around $100 a month. We've got a database of, let's say, 10,000 business owners. I'm sure we could get at least 500 of them to pay $100 per month. What's yeah. 100 times 50,000? 100 times 500? Yeah. Yeah, 50,000. $50,000 a month yeah. that we could be selling to an existing database of which we don't have to pay for because we already know it. And, yeah. and it's an innovative new product that works in this market. I think utilizing your current database is such an important thing people should be doing right now. Oh, look, I agree, man. You're speaking, you're preaching to the converted. Well, in our you, case, you gave me the idea. Just <laughs> Well, you know, in our case, we email, list, we email our list four times a week, hardcore content, content, content. I've just got a whole process behind that consistently, consistently. It's just standard. Like on LinkedIn, for example, for our book writing service, we get 25 leads a week just for free from our organic people saying, yes, I want to write a book. The moment they reply, they get added to our uh, active campaign automation. They get like 70, like 70 emails in the sequence, preloaded, pre-built. And how do you, how do you, I, I really, because you are Australia's automation king when it comes to content <laughs> marketing. Everyone knows that. Uh, and obviously the entire uh, membership base at Cub know that. Um, so I do want to talk, I want, I want you to walk us through how someone could structure a very simple and easy doing automated lead generation process using content. But before we do that, how do you not piss people off by emailing them too much? Look, I mean- What's he, the difference between, sorry, a good email and a shit one? Yeah. 
So um, you'll always piss people off no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, right? I've learned that. <laughs> I had somebody had somebody inquire the other week, check this one, this fucking douchebag, right? <laughs> he, he's, he's one of the inquiries of our book service and he emailed me, took time out of his day to tell me how much he doesn't like me, our content, our message, and then he said, but I still want to get a book. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got an opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he still wants a book, so go figure. <laughs> so you're always going to piss people off. Yeah. Even people that were about to spend money with you for no reason through because of just the way the world works, yeah. right? Um, but how to do great content? This is what I say all the time. You want to be able to, you want to be saying things that nobody else is saying, right? So you want to get novelty and surprise and so forth. It has to be something so relevant to your audience that you want to be sending content so on the, on the, on the button that you're literally reading their mind. So if you could do mind-reading content that has novelty and surprise, what you get is spurts of dopamine released in your audience. Mm-hmm. They get literally addicted to your content. Now, this is work. I'm not saying this is easy. This is what's required to do great content. By novelty and surprise, do you mean you're teaching them something? Could do. Could because do. I, I, yeah. I think I heard in a TED talk or something like Could that. Do. I don't watch TED anymore, but I used to. And I heard in a TED talk that um, when you learn something, you, 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 your brain releases dopamine. Mm. And so, so what do you mean by novelty and surprise then? If it could mean knowledge, what else could it mean? Look, my, my, my main copywriting mentor taught me surprise is an emotion. And who's he? Paris Lampropolis. He's like the god of all copywriters. He's the dude. Yeah, he's Michael Jordan. He's, in copywriting circles, that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. In fact, just last week, the other top copywriter on the face of the earth passed away. So now Paris- So now he's definitely he has one. The, He has the number one spot. He yeah, should yeah. license something. You know, he'd make his own Air Jordans. Yeah. But he could do it. Within copywriting <laughs> space, it's like it's like the Beatles have just rolled off the, the golf wow. plane is like tarmac. You know, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. What a legend. <laughs> he's a legend. So he told me surprise is an emotion. And so- Novelty and surprise, if you can engineer that through how-to information, teaching something very specific and epiphanous for people, mm-hmm. that can release dopamine. Telling a great story, that's the other one. Hey, we tell stories all the time. If you can be a master storyteller, you can always garner people's attention. So great content equals great story. And there's a whole process and methodology on how to be a great storyteller. There are books written on the subject. Are you an expert on the subject? Well, Wait, without being modest. Being well, only because I've written so many stories in my yeah. career. So could, um, could we talk about that in this podcast? Yeah, yeah totally. Right? Yeah, totally, totally. Cool. And, and I, I want to keep going with the, the cool emails. We had an idea and I thought I think it's an idea everyone should consider. I speak to people like you, um, geniuses and entrepreneurs and people all day, every day, smart people. I hear a lot of cool shit uh, and a lot of Cubs success is just because we're surrounded constantly by smart people. Which is evidently one members join. That's joined. true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, true. All yeah. Cub success is just because I haven't got the experience. I just yeah. talk to you and I get to do some. Cool yeah, when stuff. people ask me about Cub, I say the same thing to everybody. Should you join? I go, yeah. Why? I've never had an idiotic conversation with anybody at Cub. Yeah. Every time I speak to someone, there's something there for me every single time. And you know that's huge because most people, in my opinion, are idiots. But yeah. you know, ninety-nine like percent <laughs> of people like it's just true. clueless. But at Cub, shit, you not like. I've never had a silly conversation. Because we vet every Seriously, single person true. through that door. But but that knowledge is – and you've been a member of WhatFair four years now. Ages, man, years yeah. now. I don't even know how long. <laughs> yeah, I know. Almost as long yes. as we're alive. Yeah, yeah. We turned five this year wow. in October. Yeah, it's pretty excited. Baby I hope we can throw a party. Otherwise, yeah, it's growing up. Do a virtual party. Yeah, we probably will. Huh? Everything's virtual now. Uh-huh. Every, the whole membership's digital. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
what was I saying? Yeah, so I had this idea. I hear cool shit all the time. So I thought I'll make an email, a personal email campaign to um, members. Well, originally I started, it's supposed to go from me to members. Yep. And it was going to be the, the campaign called Cool Shit I Hear. And every week, maybe on a Friday, yep. I was going to send the members three dot points of cool things I've learned from members that week. Just cool shit I heard from members, whether it be a new system, a new marketing idea, a uh, cool piece of knowledge from um, um, the, the markets or whatever it is yeah. and put it, into, put it into this email and send it out. Would that be something that you would recommend other people to do? Obviously it's different to cut, but their own version of that yeah. weekly email. Wait, is that a surprise, delight, novelty? Yeah. So uh, it's a mad idea and I've got an even better idea related to that for you because I know you, you you speak well on camera but writing, who, who the fuck wants to write? Well, I'm dyslexic. I can't write. Well, there you go, right? So I'm going to put it to you this way. Uh, but you know your market so freaking well. Like it's noticeable when you're in Cub, it's noticeable when you're in Cub, right? Mm -hmm. You know your market, you love your market. So here's a huge lesson. If you've heard a Cub member say something that you've gone and said, shit, man, that's, 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 that's cool. Mm -hmm. Because you know your market, that's going to be mad content. Yeah. If you do not know your market, if you couldn't relate to it, borderline call whether yeah. that's great content. The yeah. fact that you get surprised and have dopamine released, mad idea. But don't write it. What I would do if I were you, mate, get your video. iPhone video, get the video, get it out there, and then our team or whoever doesn't matter could go and write it for you. Now, one of our clients, he's a, one of the biggest coaches in the world, a coach to coaching to coaches, mm -hmm. he shows business coaches how to build their business. We do tons of content for him. He hates writing. So every month, his assistant send us, sends us about 12 to 16 YouTube videos that he's done in the last month, mm -hmm. just sends us the links. And then we come along and do the emails and the social content and everything else to add to his content machine. And so you think rather than sending a weekly email, you'd send a weekly YouTube link? To the video, so you've you've made a video, you filmed yourself, made a video, put it on YouTube, and you send that. them that. Yeah, could could do that too, man. You you could do uh, a teaser email, right? Yeah. Like really brief. Hey, I was uh, walking past one of our cup members today, and I heard the question. You know, how do I do X, Y, and Z? And the the, the answer freaked me right out. I was, mm. I thought I'd do a quick recording and share the knowledge. <laughs> Bang! Yeah, blew my mind. Yeah. And it's just a link to the YouTube. That's one way you could do it, and that's cool. The other way you could do it is to turn it into its own standalone email that someone just gets to read straight there. Mm -hmm. Both are viable, totally. Both are cool. Yeah. And it's both, it's, it's something some people can do really, really easily. Any, any business owner can do that. They can yeah. send it to their clients, they can send it to potential clients, they can send it to anyone. Yeah. And also, uh, I think being present, being in your client's face right now yeah. is, is a big key. I, I'm, I'm, I read Roxy Jasenko posted something today, uh, and I love Rox. Um, that said uh, social media use has gone up 40%. Now's the most important time to create really the best content possible. Look, man, um, we work with many, many companies and um, uh, I've thought long and hard about this. There's two clear – there's one clear difference between the two categories of clients that are struggling versus the ones that are fucking unstoppable, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that are unstoppable, I just keep like, – they're pushing. Mm. Like I'm still running ads, Right, still yep. pushing, still paying, going paying for media, content still going out the door, still pushing, pushing, pushing. LinkedIn, man, we're still hitting out for every LinkedIn account that we've got. We've got seven of them. Yep. 50 lead messages a day to our first levels. Consistently still got the team actively moving on versus some of the clients that we are working with that I see that are really like they're losing sleep. 
they're turtlenecking. Yeah. They're like, I should conquer down now, go quiet, don't know what to do. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do what, that. What did you mean by 50 lead messages a day? Um, okay, so with my LinkedIn, for example, I've got like 21,000 connections. Do you? Um, yeah. Oh, you got more than us. We, we thought we were the kings of LinkedIn. We have about 10,000 each, each, each of us. Okay. Each manager. There you go, man. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I could, have, I could have more. It's not hard for us to build that, but 21 is more than enough because, okay. because uh, LinkedIn will cap the amount of outbound messages that you can send to your first level connections. You can't send out 500 a then day. Then it starts blocking you. Won't, it won't even send it out. We do 150 to 170 a day. That's you're, what we do. We've done it. You're close to the. Years. Well, no, here's the thing. Link, you'll think they're being sent, but LinkedIn won't send them. Do you think? I know. Sneaky I, I, motherfuckers. I, yeah, sneaky motherfuckers, all right. Yeah. No, because in our case, we have 50 lead messages that go out a day to our first level connections. Mm -hmm. But then in our system, we have booster message number one that gets sent to the same person two weeks later. Right? Yeah. So if I send you a lead message, we don't know each other, right? Yeah. I send you a lead message. Hey, Daniel, do you want to write a book? I still get your lead messages. Though, you do? Even I, though we know each other. It makes me laugh. My team do all that. I love that. it. I always reply. Clients sometimes send me screenshots and shit. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, I just had dinner with you. I'm like, relax. It's obviously not me, yeah, more. It's one of my Yeah, it's one of my assistants. <laughs> um, if you don't reply to that first message in two weeks, automatically the system sends you a follow up. Hey, Daniel, just kicking my message to the top of your list. Don't know if you saw it. Yeah. So what that means is we'll have 50 lead messages going out a day, but then the boosters go out as well. So we start to get to 100, 125 potentially. And, and what's a booster? That's the follow-up message, okay, yeah, the yeah. follow-up. So LinkedIn will make you think that everybody's seeing them. How we cotton onto it was we were sending out the boosters and then we're hearing from our first level connection saying they didn't get the first one. Yeah, baby. No. I'm like, fucking LinkedIn, motherfuckers. So we well, had now, to temper I, it. I do think, so LinkedIn is, so we actually do something very similar. I yeah. didn't know you did that. I know you do. I know. You yeah, do good LinkedIn, stuff on LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. is our number one huh? marketing platform and it's free. We pay yeah. like, um, I don't know how much the premium for each person's account like 50 is. bucks a month or something. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, I, think, I don't know how much, but it's cheap. And we, we, uh, we've got a bit of a different system. So we're also, LinkedIn's cool for us and cool for everyone for marketing because you can um, choose your demographics. So we can choose business owners, mm. own the business over five years, yeah. over you know twenty staff, or whatever. We can choose our different CEOs or founders or whatever, and we can message relevant directly, message personally from yeah. the team to relevant to people that would be eligible for membership a cup. Mm. And so the the structure we do it because we, we we obviously have a, a real good system. Mm. And I'll tell you another trick we learned on LinkedIn, but we message. Um, um, the first, so we message the first message at the start of the day. If they reply, we reply immediately. But then at the end of the day, if they haven't replied, we'll send out three messages back to back. To back. Oh shit, that's, a, that's aggressive. As fuck, it's man. mad, no, no, this, this shit's mad. It's are you level. are you targeting people that are active on LinkedIn and pre, like you? Yeah, they've accepted they're... our request, so right, we've added so they're on there. They're not on there once a month or something, though. Well, like, they've added. Well, who knows? But they've added huh. us. They've accepted the request, which means they looked at us. They think we're pretty, so they wanted to do it. Um, so they added us with their friend now. Uh, we send the message. If they haven't replied by the end of the day, we'll send a message saying, and by three back-to-back -back messages, this is what I mean. Hey, Alexi, send. That way your oh, phone goes. Bzz. And then we send, gotcha. just make sure you got the message. You, you saw my message before. Send. Just break it up. <laughs> and then look forward, to, uh, look forward to hearing from you. Send. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> we don't do that. It's mad. Uh, and then they get it and always, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't see it. 
this, oh, that, whatever. It. It's not, and they always say things like, oh, look, I'm really busy or I'm away. Can we set up a meeting for a month? Or See, people that will say to you and they say to me all the time, man, I hate LinkedIn private messaging. I get bullshit from everybody, this, that and the other. Now that may be true. It is but true. how fucking well does it work still? People still. Yes, but how many messages? No, I, heaps. But I get so, so every time I get a LinkedIn message, if it's longer than a paragraph, no. I'm not reading it. No. If it's got a link in it, I'm no. not reading it. No. And if it doesn't sound casual, I'm not fucking reading it. You're on the money, man. So, so yeah. the, the first message on LinkedIn always has to be super casual. Yeah, ours short. is like, yeah. hey, man, you want to catch – we always yeah. shorten people's names because it's casual. We say, hey, Lexi, you want to catch up for a coffee in the next two weeks? Um, so you're laughing. You got the, you've got the clubs. Yours is beautiful mm. for exactly this sort of a setup. Yeah, well, it Truly. works. And we've got a sexy product and yeah. it's, we're the only product. Who, are, yeah. If you want to go meet other super accomplished business owners and, and join a community that's like a family and, and that push each other forward, where else are you going to go? Mm. You've only got Cub. It's sexy. It's exciting. Mm. And it's new to mm. an extent. Like some people don't know about Cub. It's obviously yeah. a big brand now, but some people don't know it. And, and so for them, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm more fearful mm. of not knowing about this thing mm. than I am about going and just not purchasing it. Mm. So I'd prefer know about it mm. because it is a private members club for uh, that connects people like me to other people like me that connects uh, Australia's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Mm. Do I is that something I want to find out more about? Yeah, I'm more fearful of not knowing. Yeah, fair And call. so that's an interesting way to look at a message and for any brand so it could be for example with you guys. Yeah. The message could be shaped to ooh is the upside bigger then the downside, then the downside. Well, look, in our case, like the first message is, hey, Daniel, do you want to write a book? Question mark. And place right? the people's ego too. Fuck, man, who doesn't want to be an yeah. author on yeah. some level? Yeah. Right? Half the members have books. Right, that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But like getting it done, what a, what a bitch of a thing to do actually yeah. do. It's hard work. No one's doing it. Now, our, our audience is targeted too, though. It's CEO executives, consultants, service agencies, all decision makers mm -hmm. who on some level of thought, yeah, a book would be great for my business. So that's our first message, man. It's like a simple. I think that's genius. Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah. it's, there's no downside to replying to this, but there is an upside because I get to find out if I can make a book or not. I mean, and then when they reply, lovely, then we start to glean what's your email? I want to send you a gift. Mm. What's your phone number as well? And then they get it added to our active campaign where I've got, they get for free a talk that I gave on book marketing. Before an audience, they paid 25 grand a head to be in the room. Wow. Not, not just to hear me. No, they were experts. They heard some other speakers, mm -hmm. but 25 grand. You're worth 20 of the 25. Thank you, baby. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, I give that for free if they want to write a book and mm -hmm. they get added to our automation and then, like I said before. Okay. Walk us through. So walk us yeah. through the automation king's mind. All right. Tell me if I if I get too far into the I will the tell you because right. you know me. All right. So I get confused. On, on some level, it's very, very simple. We add you to a list. In active campaign, because you've wanted to go on, because you've wanted a book, you, you have said uh, yes. I would like the recording, mm -hmm. and so and we've said we're going to send it to you. Right. Okay. The way that works is you get added to a list that triggers it automatically, because in that whole automation, there's an email that goes out every two days, content, 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 on how to market a book, and so I know for the next many months, the moment I add you to that, or the moment the team adds mm -hmm. a person to that list. I know for the next three months, they're covered on email content. They're gonna be hearing from me left, right, and center. Okay, let right. me recite that just yeah. to make sure yeah, I got yeah. it clear. So obviously you've appealed to them with that with that initial message or with an initial offer. It could be on any platform. Okay. Whether yeah, do, do you want a book? Do you want a what there's an offer? Download the free whatever or yeah. book in for whatever. In our case, it could be 
discover um, uh, 10 people that you need in your network now that's going to ensure you succeed Mm. um, and how to figure out who you need. I would do a Mark Burris interview. Yeah, Mark's the best. Do a a closed-door interview that they can only get at one spot through this little – Marky, so, oh, I think Mark's too hard to get. His brand, <laughs> his brand is awesome, though. And yeah. if you um, have access, I know you sort of he's have a, access. You know, I, I tell him he is Australia's mentor. Yeah, that guy. And he's awesome. Is, he's the yeah. face of, of Australian business. He's yeah. just, and he's such a good bloke. Like, yeah. Everyone loves Mark. That video you guys he did. Cares. What yeah. a fucking mad video, man. Yeah. He, he, he was really a lot of the brains behind that video. He. He directed that. He, he's just a good wow. dude. And he, you know what else about Mark? Mm. He genuinely cares about Aussie business. He likes it, even though he's super busy. He's got his mentor platform. He's got the YBR. He's the chairman of that whole thing. And there's, I don't know how many hundreds of franchises and all this type of stuff. He still has time to catch up with um, small businesses and help them. Mm. He does it regularly. He uh, Sometimes uh, you see it on social sometimes, but more often than not, I swear he's doing it just normal. He just does that because he likes to do it. He's, mm. a, he's a given dude. Yeah. And I think there's a lesson in that. And the lesson is that if you're bringing people value and you're, you're just a good person, the, the world can recognise it. Plus he's handsome as fuck. <laughs> so he looks good on the screen. But remember, remember the first time I saw him on stage, it was at a Tony Robbins uh, Wealth Mastery. Mm. This is – uh, 23 years ago and I remember when he was introduced, it was something like, and I introduced him to Mark Boris with his movie star yeah. good <laughs> looks. Yeah, yeah, and he walks out and goes, fuck yeah, that's a good looking yeah. guy. And I'm like, hey. I caught a plane with him once yeah. back from um, – so uh, he was doing a talk for the members in Melbourne and me and him caught a plane from Melbourne back to Sydney that mm. night together. And just walking through the airport with him, seeing all the flight attendants, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, man, you got it going on. Um, but anyway, back to the <laughs> off marks, good looks. Yeah. Back to the um, the thing. So you've you've got something that they want, yeah. right? So you, you've got a – what did you say? Like an offer, a book. Like in our case, everybody, everybody who's interested in writing a book, what they really want to know, they don't want to know about the mechanics of how it gets done. That's boring as fuck for them. They want to know how to be a best-selling author. Yeah. They want to know about the marketing. Yeah, they want to know how to get their name, their name in lights. The hacks, the hacks. Yeah. That's what they really want. And so the entire automation pretty much, all the emails and that secrets, is in all the different book marketing secrets that I've got. And we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of best-selling authors over the years where I've done the marketing direct or consulted. The list goes on, mm-hmm. right? So the whole secrets is just loaded with advice and tips that people pay normally to but, get access so to. So my point was yeah. – that you've just created a three-month yeah. um, content channel. Backlog that, of that teaches, Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So let's say I I download your ebook or whatever it is to, to get onto the list. You get the video, the, yeah. the speech. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So I get that video, so now I'm on the list. Correct. So I'm going to – it doesn't matter when I start getting on the list, I'm receiving the same information as other – so someone might start a month after me, but he's still – he's getting – it's a sequence. The sequence. Email one is the same for everybody. It's <laughs> freaking genius. We don't do that. Email two is the same for everybody. Because here's the thing, man. I've got years and years and years of email content that's been written. Yeah. I'm like, and I said to my team, guys, grab 100 or whatever the number, grab 65 of these bloody things about books, yeah. put them into an automation. Like, and then okay. at any point they can reply to you and be like, yeah, can we start? Exactly. And that's what you do. So then you capture the email. That's exactly what we do. So we have what's called nine-word emails. Mm. Uh, you told me that. You've told me that. Oh, okay, before. cool. Yeah, we use that. Hey, what interested you in Cup? Perfect. <laughs> Chris, Chris right? So in our case, do you want to brainstorm your book title? Yeah. Right. So when they click reply, now we'll get into some automation stuff. When they click reply, that triggers off a separate automation 
where now they get a, a separate email to go, thank you, here's where to book in for your conversation. But they also get an SMS automatically from the system. Hey, got your reply, just sent you an email about booking in. And they also get a phone call from my, one of my team to do the phone. And what they system get, do you use? Active campaign. Active campaign. Yeah. That's the system automated. you recommend? That's what, man, I've been on fucking Salesforce. I've been mm -hmm. on, you name everything. Been on everything. And all of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of them fucking piss me off. It weren't right for you, yeah. Active campaign pisses me off the least. Okay. Let's put it that way. But to be fair. It's still get pissed. No, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yep. It's, look, it's not perfect. There's some silly things that it does. But shit, man, on balance, it's as good as anything I found for the price. Amazing. And it's piss easy to set up these automations. Man, five years ago, you really needed some devs to really like some hardcore devs to get some snazzy shit Do you guys happening. set these automations up for your clients? No. Maybe that, why didn't you start doing that? Scaling that saying. as a service is a bitch. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Service businesses are hard, man. Oh, okay. It, it, even with our business as a service business, I've had to clearly define what we're world-class at and fuck off the rest, Okay, frankly. Okay. We well, maybe you just help me out with that one. Then. I'll help you out because you're a mate. <laughs> I mean, that's all fine. Man, I've got it. Man, here's the thing. I've got a, a virtual assistant. Yeah. Admittedly, he's exceptional. Yeah. That is a master of active campaign. Okay. So whatever, I, whatever I say, I go, hey, Chuck, get this happening. And he has never, ever, ever said to me, can't be done. If he doesn't know how to do it, he goes and finds the answer. So you reckon I should get someone on the team that's an expert in active campaign, virtual or not? <sighs> Man, here's the thing. I've got automations coming up my butt for all these different things. It's a shit ton of work to get up and running, but mm -hmm. now it's a machine that chugs along. Yep. It just, and just delivers leads. It just delivers leads on its own automatically. And, and what I like about it, again, is you can run your existing database without spending more money through a system like that currently. That's what we do. You've got to set it up. It's, it's just going to be hard to set up. It, it, look, it, it, it's a pain in the ass to set up. It's doable. It took us with all the – I mean, we've got some real snazzy automations. We've got, for example, um, we've got Active Campaign integrated with our website, okay? Yeah. And on our website we have shit tons of content that we publish, videos, memos, whatever. Because they're integrated, if I go into your contact record, I can I can get full visibility on your activity on the website as well. Mm -hmm. So I can see which articles you looked at, which videos you watched, oh, wow. and that spits out a lead score. And we've got automations based on lead scores now. I can set like, for example, uh, I just got my guy to deactivate it the other day because I got sick of getting this many. But we have a very simple one, which is <laughs> too many leads. <laughs> it was just it was just too much for me, right? Uh, it would send me a notification to my inbox because it was an experiment. Of every person that's opened five emails or more in the last 10 days. So you know they're the hottest leaked. Correct. Mm -hmm. Now I can add extra levels to that, which would be uh, watched X number of videos on the website plus opened five emails over the last 15 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can get all snazzy and see who's showing recent activity that they're consuming our content because that is absolutely a leading buying indicator. It doesn't mean they're a fit for our services. It doesn't mean their company's big enough or they can afford it. Yeah. But through their behavior, we are good. top of mind for them. Yeah. Definitely some conversation, if only 10 minutes, mm. is warranted. That'd be cool for dating. <laughs> for dating? I need that. You look at your profile? <laughs> yeah, you say, oh, they've opened this many. They've You're single right now? Are you yeah, single? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I need that. <laughs> What's the, what are the big dating apps now? I don't even know because I'm married. Is it Tinder still or whatever? I'm not, I'm not, I don't date very much. I'm too busy. And too busy. Oh. I'm gonna, <laughs> Tinder boy. <laughs> I'm going to have energy. Nah, I've <laughs> never really been one for the – for the old, uh, what's it called? No. But on a different note, if <laughs> since Alexi doesn't want to sell you uh, the active campaign setup, come to Cub. I'm going to hire an active campaign specialist and for just $3,000, we'll set the whole thing up for you. And then it's just $1,000 a month to manage your campaigns. 
Hit us up. It's not look. It's not a bad idea. The, 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 it's the, the genius idea. The constraint for us is they've got to be on active campaign, and all of a sudden we bump into Entreport. We bump into all these other ESPs, these other CRMs. Yeah, and then it gets um, annoying. I, to have a team that knows all that, it's okay. it's not scalable now. So that's that's why we don't offer it as a. Service. And that's the key. That, um, my best friends in the world, um, uh, from because I grew up in France, Paris, from overseas. France. Yes, I yeah. know these people. Well, yeah, I know of them because yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Them. I, they're just beautiful, beautiful people. I'm my best friends in the world. Um, their father's a very, very, very a billionaire, very, very wealthy guy. I was on their boat a couple of summers ago mm. in Europe and uh, I were in the pool and I asked him, I said, mate, what are three things you could, like what are the three biggest lessons you, oh, I'm so nervous I can't think of them at the moment. <laughs> what are the three biggest, like what are the three most important lessons you could, you could teach me, you mm. could tell me. And the first was scalability. Whatever you're doing, you need to have a, a, a way to scale. You need to have a system to, to, to grow fast. The second was, uh, yeah, don't be a moron. If you make a, <laughs> if you make a mistake, you, ha you have to learn that mistake and never make it again. So as soon as you make that mistake, you, have to, you learn. You learn from your mistakes, basically, said. Mm. And the third, which I actually thought was quite interesting, it's fucking very relevant right now, was um, I can't remember what word he used for it. It's on my phone, but I don't know where that is. Uh, um, the, uh, the, the ability to work from anywhere. He said, because when you get so big, you're, you're not able to be everywhere. Mm. So you need the ability to be, well, in this case, on his yacht or anywhere and still have the ability to, to control things See, and I have take, the systems in place for that. I take that to mean also by working anywhere, meaning having a great team that act as your proxy in a sense, mm. uh, to to make decisions, quality deci quality decisions that uh, would be, uh, I don't know. Um, I'll put it to you this way: my head of content. So many clients have said to me, "My God, when I when I when we speak to Emil, it's like we're speaking to you, right?" Yeah. So for me, when you just said "be everywhere," that's one example. What, what triggered in my mind yeah. is uh, Emil is me. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah. I've got therefore. Leverage. Oh, mobility is the word. So he said, mobility. I've got in my phone the note, lessons from right. Paul. Mobility. Scalability, mobility, and learn from your lessons. And now I've got in brackets, don't be a moron. <laughs> love it, love it. I mean, with scalability too, you sort of need to build a scale in, if you, even if you don't scale, because that's how you get your predictable experience, your predictable output, your predictable client experience. Mm -hmm. If you have a model that's not even scalable, you probably don't have the systems and the people in play to be predictably awesome. Yeah. Every time. Well, that that's what restricts you from scaling. Your product, yeah. your quality uh, dilutes. Yeah. You yeah. need to be able yeah. to replicate. It's it's yeah. something every business needs to think about. And there's a lot of different options to scale. We looked at many. So at the moment we're looking – We. I made a big announcement as always without thinking them through. Franchising or something? No, I'm not fran – franchising is a horrible idea in my opinion. It's just too overregulated in this country. Mm. You're going to get – you're going to cop it. Yeah. Somewhere, sometime, you're going to get the, you're going to cop the date because it's yeah. it's um it's just so regulated. You you just got too much responsibility. I, anyway, I don't want to go down that path. Mm. Um, but we need to launch more clubs. We need to think. And funny enough, this whole digital thing has made us incredibly scalable at the moment, and, mm. and we've built these platforms, and we're still building some more now, and so that's helped. But remind me to talk about scale in a sec. Okay, Finish your story. There's but, something I'll tell you. But the next thing was okay. The club, the clubs, right? We learned a, a big lesson when we opened Melbourne. Uh, at the time, there were no, as far as the leadership team, it was just myself. 
And I thought I was king shit back then. It was like two years in. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to open Melbourne. It's mad. Everyone loves it in Sydney. Let's do Melbourne. And I addicted myself. I got, because I had then had two clubs, but I had split the team. So what was once a good team with me, as, with, uh, with mm. my leadership, mm. it was a real good team. Mm. Now the team, lot, there's no team anymore because they got split. Mm. Plus I was in, um, can't remember, one of them. I was only ever at one at a time. So from one club doing exceptionally well, well, we went to two clubs doing crap. Yeah. And then we had to figure out, okay, how do we, um, how do we systemize more? So we had to do more operations and we had to work on that. And then it got to the point where I came to the revelation, every club, or it, it could be anyone's business, but if you're going to have a location, it needs an owner. If your head office isn't in mm. one place and you're controlling everything from there. and A figurehead. Yeah, you, it needs, well, an owner point, in each yeah. place though. So we're now doing just JVs. The the team are buying into the clubs. So membership manager, there's club heads now. Yeah. Right? So we've got two club heads in Sydney opening two clubs. Uh, we've got a club head in Melbourne. So so we're, we're that's how we're scaling. Mm. Um, and I that, that was if I had known that was the case at the start, I would have definitely I wouldn't have opened Melbourne. And Anth has, Anth has done a great job. Yeah. With really stepping up there for Sydney, there's no doubt about it. Well, he's right? the club head in Sydney. It's his, oh, well, it's his business. It's his, okay. Yeah, he he's the face. Here. I, I was sitting next to someone the other day. I was talking to them about Cub, and he goes, "Man, you should work here. You know so much about." It. I was like, "Motherfucker, I am just here." He's like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't know the fuck." He was a member. Yeah, it's a new beautiful. member. <laughs> but it's great though. Yeah, it's it was like, good. Well, it was it's great. Punch you in the face. But I mean, you're right because when um when you were in the club, pre Ant stepping up, it was noticeable when you were around, yeah. no doubt. And so yeah. you can you can never underestimate the power of the, the owner being there. The power of the visionary. Yeah. Oh, the power of the too. visionary. That too. But I that's think- That's fucking agree really critical. The founder, yeah. the founder. It's like when, it's like when uh, Steve Jobs yeah, uh, That's left. the best example. It's like, oh, well, Apple's just stopped Mate. being awesome, you know? How, and that's like- They've just the, stayed the same. That was the first trillion dollar company, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's and the man. To think one person's vision can permeate through such a big organization and for us as customers to notice it yeah. somehow, some way after yeah. he passed away. That's really, really crazy, special. Huh? You know why I think that is? Because and often you hear – I think there's a difference between a manager and the founder. Mm. The manager is more level-headed, stable, trying to talk to people responsibly and not say anything illegal and, you know, just do their like oh, – they've got to dance around the rules. Whereas the founder is just fucking losing his mind or her mind. Yeah. They just get that they can see what they want and they're always so angry and upset because they can see what it's supposed to be, but it's not that yet. And they're like, fuck, why are you guys not doing it? This needs, that's not good enough. This is yeah. why. And, and they, they, they cause havoc, but it's that havoc, it's the breaking no, that allows the key. company to keep no, breaking key. through the walls and pushing it, it's, forwards. It's key, it's key. Like my team know there's a couple of triggers that will make me completely fucking like Lose it. crazy. Yeah. If a client has to SMS me direct and ask for an update on their content, <laughs> yeah. I go fucking batshit crazy, yeah. the team know. So, yeah. But because of that, because they know I, I become, I lose 50 IQ points, mm. right? Which takes me down to 10 or something, right? Minus 40. So, <laughs> minus 40. <laughs> um, they know if I put into Slack channel, uh, the client's Slack channel, the screenshot from the SMS, they know they better move their fucking asses quick. But because of that, we have the most incredible follow-up systems, ETAs, and Laura's probably experienced this for Cub. Yeah. When it's coming, here it is. If there's revisions, we fix it. So we have awesome follow-up systems because I know and the team know that I never want to get an SMS mm -hmm. from a client asking for an ETA. So you're right. My irrationality 
and standards in that area is what has designed that part of it. Yeah. And keeps They're it too there. scared of your rat. They have to create something to get to avoid it. And no, true. And keeps it there because every now and then I still get the SMS and it doesn't mean the team have done even, even anything wrong. The client missed the email, Yeah. right? Right? Yeah. But the team, again, oh, shit, let's run. Yeah. Let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. So you're right. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost half extreme ownership. It's kind of like- Extreme ownership. Yeah, it's like yeah. it doesn't matter what, even if it's not our fault, it's still our fault and we better fucking have a way to yeah. catch it, yeah. you know, to fix yeah. it. You're right. And then on top of that, it's also people should be- a little bit fearful all the time. Yeah. There needs to be a consequence, not a consequence, but there needs to be like a, do I really want to? Yeah, I agree. Look, I agree. Know, like, apparently at Apple, people were petrified when they had to present to, to Steve. And I think there's a, I think it's great. I think they should be fucking scared because his standards are so high. So they've sat there trying to create something that's at such high standards that, mm. that he's going to be happy with it, which means that they're going to be happy because they're going to have a produced a product mm. that is so much that they've pushed themselves, they've grown, they've developed, mm. and they've created something that's going to benefit the world or, or mm. all their clients mm. or, or in our case, mm. thousands of business owners. Yeah. And that's special. And then, so it might be stressful and all oh, the fear and uh, this, but if you're if you standards you're, are high, man, and if you're strong enough as a human being to yeah. work under that with the fear and come out the other side, you're gonna feel like a champion yeah. because you've now created something that you, is beyond what you thought you could create or yeah, would create. True. You're on, you're on the money here. When I was um when I was uh, writing copy full time and doing mentorship under Paris Lampropolis that mm -hmm. I mentioned before. Um, okay, can we just stop to appreciate his Greek name yeah. and your Greek name? Say your last name. Mine's, name. mine's shorter. Mine's Nelkleos, yeah. nine letters. Oh, I was going to say nucleus. <laughs> yeah, nucleus. But yeah, it's nine letters, but Lampropolis, that's something special. That's half yeah. the alphabet, <laughs> I think, right? Um, so when I was mentoring under him years and years ago, I mean, like, you know, like the first sales letter, 10 fucking rewrites. And I was 10 years into my career. Yeah. I wasn't a beginner, man. I was still doing some cool shit. Yeah. 10 rewrites. But here's the thing. That thing is still making money for the client years. It's Today. like eight or nine years later. It's gold. It's still fucking mailing. Yeah. Right? Now, 10 rewrites. Yeah. Now, he's actually a content client of ours now too. Yeah. We just took him on for one of his clients <laughs> and he's, he's copy chiefing. I'm like, fuck, do I want to put my team through this? So I knew what was going to come down the line. So we did a whole batch of content, just submitted it last week. And I get the email back from Paris. Lots of issues, both macro and micro. I need a call. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this call because I know what's happening. <laughs> so I get my head of content onto the call, an hour and 40 minutes to critique four articles, right? Yeah. An hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. But I knew it, but that's the standards, man. I, so I think that's a good thing. The articles are going to be epic. They're going to be yeah. so like, they're still strong, but they're going to be world-class. Yeah. Like 1% of 1% of 1% because of his hour and 40 minutes that he devoted to give the team the feedback. Yeah, so, I, well, I think feedback should also be used as a, a really powerful tool. So I've, as a tool, sorry, I'll finish that sentence before I keep moving, as a tool to actually win someone over even more. Mm. Because when someone gives you feedback, regardless of if you already know that's an issue or if it's already in the plan or whatever, because really at the end of the day, and I've found most of the time, the founder know, is thinking about the business so much and is so focused on whatever that they've thought of most things. There's Do you very, have weekends off? There's very Do few. you even bother having weekends off? No, my off? time off is creative thinking about Cub. Yeah. I like So when people that. ask me how, how many hours do you work, I'm like, what level What level do I answer that? Yeah. At some level is 24-7. I yeah. fucking dream about the company. Uh, I right? agree with that. Like, yeah, you know, I always wake up. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but, but my point was you can say to them, 
thank you so much for that feedback, which you already are grateful because they care enough to tell you and mm. most people aren't, don't care enough to tell you. So the fact that they are shows that they do want you to, to do better. Um, but you can also say we're, we're definitely going to implement that if mm. obviously it's not the world's dumbest feedback. You, you, and even if it was already in your plan to implement, that person's now like, wow, not only did they appreciate my feedback, they um, listened to me, but they're actually implementing it. So now that person is like, I've helped shape this company. I own this company. I'm going to pro- support this company. I'm going to tell everyone about this company because I- I've been part of this company's framework. And I saw every feedback that comes in should be used as a chance to win over uh, like a free, a free team member. You know, it's someone well, who, or, or someone who's even paying you. Or you're like this then, team member. This is standard SOP for us, mm. right? Standard every single client. So a new client signs on, and we say the following verbatim. So first round of content. When we submit it to you, we ask for a rating out of ten. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten is we walk on water. One out of ten, we deserve to drown in that yeah, water. Okay, I love that. Right? We're looking for minimum to start at the first month. Yeah, right. Yeah, seven right. out of ten. If it's below seven, we've got a problem. At seven, we could deal with it. Because here's what we'll do next. Tell us how to get it to eights, nines, and tens. And then we shut the fuck up. The call's recorded over Zoom mm-hmm. and the notes are taken. The feedback gets put into the client's checklist. We upgrade the content, then month two. Scale of one to ten. And we absolutely and demand improvement. Systemized it. You it's demand it. improvement. That's you the don't language. Just ask for it. You demand it. No, no, I we love expect that. it. Because we've got the feedback from the client. They're telling yeah. us, here's what I need to see for 10 out of 10. And so month two, almost always we get a higher score. By month three, we're usually sitting at eights and nines and tens. Wow. Some clients are eights because they're just so fastidious. Yep. I'm an eight. When my team write for me, they can't get past an eight. And so even if a client, yeah. even if a client says, no, I, I really liked everything was I'm was looking for the amazing. gaps. I don't you believe say, it. You say, okay, what didn't you like? I don't believe it. Yeah. I absolutely, if I hear a 10 first out, I'm like, no, that's no, no, no. You no, liar. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm don't like, even pay me anymore. Yeah, no, pay no. me double just because you lie. No, no, no. <laughs> Where are the gaps? Yeah. I, I, I just. So you demand it. I, I love that. I, I, I like want the gaps. And look, there are some clients, they're just blown away that we can do what we do. And a 10 is a genuine 10, but yeah. usually we'll get the eights, eights and a halves in the first month. We'll get some yeah. sevens. What's that rule that if it's under eight, it's fucking three or something like that. What is it? Like if, if, it's, it's, if it's seven, it's really four. Mate, it's in our case, because we with agency work, it's all front loaded too. So we put a lot of effort into understanding the audience, the product, the client. It's hard, it's hard work what we do. It's a fucking hard business, man. I'll it tell is. you now. Yeah. And also you've got to put up with everyone's opinions on all your on all the work. This is like, why we don't do corporate. It's subjective. We don't it's target like corporate art. because there's like five people approving the content <laughs> yeah. and the shit never gets done. It's yeah. it's painful for the team. Yeah. Right. So but we 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 search for the feedback because all I give a fuck about is a client saying, man, you guys are just amazing. Mm. And so they stick. Happy. That's it. Simple equation. Yeah. That's it. You know hey, what I mean? Tell yeah. us the story Which about one? how you um, – would you want to talk about the Warren Buffett one or do you want to talk about the Renee Rifkin's one? Let's do both. Okay. Let's do both. Uh, so my first ever client was Renee Rifkin. Yeah. Explain like who he is. 22, 23 years old I was, so which is 20 years ago. Back then for the younger, how old are you, little, little cherub? 27. Cherub, 20, 27. <laughs> little shit, I thought you could call you 20, me. 27, cherub. Yeah. Tw- tw- cherub. Tw- tw- uh, Fuck you, 27. 28 in June. Wow. How old are you, Laura? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm 45 now, man. Yeah, Time but you flies. look 32. Yeah, because I'm short. Yeah. What, what's that got to do with what you look? Shorter people can look younger. Yeah, I didn't say you look three. <laughs> I said you look three. <laughs> <laughs> a little toddler. <laughs> well, but, you know, man, I mean, I look after myself sort of. I mean, I try to look after myself. No, you, you, so, I actually went to a to a event um, 
a member invited me to this investment event. They have this incredible health company and, and on the board is um, – um, what's that famous heart surgeon or a brain surgeon? His daughter just got arrested for – she drove over someone drunk or something like that. Staying out of the news. It's all fucking COVID-19 bullshit. Now, this was before. This I'm talking like oh. six months. He's oh. like a brilliant surgeon. Uh, T.O. What's his name? T.O. something. Charles T.O. I don't know. I'm not going to know. Good dude. Really smart guy. Um, anyway, he was talking about health in this in this and 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 uh, there was a story about um, this guy who was living in Australia. He was a Greek guy living in Australia. He was fifty. He was smoking. He was um, drinking. He was eating. He was just unhealthy. And he got told he had a month to live. Mm. And. He's like, oh, you know what? If I have a month to live, I'm going to go back to Greece and I'm going to just enjoy the Greek life. I'm just going to go, I don't know, what, my island. I'm going to be in Samos and I'm going to sit on the beach and I'm going to live live how I'm supposed to live. Mm. Anyway, he ended up living until he was like 90. Holy crap. Yeah. And and they say that the, the there's a few fundamental rules of life. And one of them is human connection. So having more people and more love and more community mm. actually makes you live longer. Mm. Does something to the brain and the body that keeps you healthier. But they also said that the Greek diet yeah, or the Mediterranean. Mediterranean diet is the healthiest diet. It's all vegetables, fruits, a little bit of proteins. There's no, there's not too much pasta. And- it's meant to be that theoretically. And mm. then you go to Greece and Cyprus, and we all eat like fat pigs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, like the traditional yeah, Mediterranean, yeah, yeah, we yeah. should call it. I yeah. thought that was so cool. Was yeah. like, I might, I might um, move to Greece when I'm. Uh, <laughs> when I'm well, the move is easy because I, I did a DNA test ages ago and it's, it's so the data shows my family goes back like 70, like 70,000 years or something. In Greece? In Cyprus. So where my nah. family's from. Like, sh- like they pinpointed the part of the island where we're mostly from really? too. Wait, I'm like, what the fucking hell? So for me, the diet is really obvious. Mediterranean wow. for me is because like it's, 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 it's ingrained in my DNA. Yeah. Olive oil and you know, fatty fish yeah. and, you know, it's, it's, it's my, pretty much what I eat. We, so. My family did our DNA and we're just confused as fuck. We are right. cocktails. We, we're, we're, almost fully, we're almost fully European yeah, but yeah. we weren't born in Europe. Yeah. And we're Italian. We're yeah. uh, even had Jewish. It had, every, had everything Middle Eastern. But we're just a big cocktail. We're like yeah. one of those um, – what are they called? The mutts, the dogs. The one, the, <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be the smartest. They got but if the, you look at the food from the whole region then because Lebanon – like Lebanon – Greece, yeah. there's so many commonalities in those cuisines, though. Yeah. Like you would be probably Mediterranean for you. Would be oh, I could survive off anything. So <laughs> Your and stuff. In any environment. <laughs> but tell me the story. Okay, so uh, Rene Rifkin, uh, at the time, uh, 20 or so years ago, he was one of the richest men in Australia, always in the news because he had a whole fleet of cars below his office and stockbroker to the to the you know, Australia's richest people like Kerry Packer. He's Australian, Rene Rifkin. Aussie, yeah, 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 yeah. And cigar smoking dude. He's dead so now too. He's dead yeah. now, yeah. yeah. He, he uh, committed suicide. Did he? Suicide, yeah, yeah. He had, um, he was uh, not bipolar. Um, I forget the condition now. He was diagnosed. I think he was bipolar actually. Yep. Anyway, committed suicide. So back then he had the Rene Rifkin uh, newsletter and I would see the ads late at night. I'd see them in um, investment magazines and, and, you know, I'm like 22, 23, young. I had nothing to do, right, mm-hmm. time on my hands but studying marketing and copywriting. And I'm seeing shitty, shitty creative, shitty work. I'm like, I'm just going to jot down some ideas just for my own edification, right? Yeah. From so this guy, from Renee, from his newsletter. Just looking at the website, looking at the TV commercials, just, 
if he hypothesizing, if he was my client, how would I advise him? Yeah. Games, no serious adventure here, right? Yeah. So I just start writing ideas on paper. And before I know it, I had a couple of pages of like, holy shit, man, there's a whole bunch of ideas here. So time on my hands, right? Living at home. Yeah. What the fuck am I going to do? Why don't I just type up some ideas and maybe send it to him? Yeah. Turned into 16 pages of typed up ideas. I'm like, well, fuck, I might as well lay this out as a report. Turned out to be like a 16-page booklet, a report. Sent it to him in the mail. Like, fucking waiting. No response. I'm like, you know what? Is this before email? I don't don't know. uh, uh, Well, email probably would have been like, yeah, initial inception. This was mail. mail. Oh, yeah, totally. So mail, yeah. Like no response. I'm like, well, fuck, I've got more ideas and fuck it. I've invested all this time so far. Yeah. How about I come up with more ideas? So I produce a second 16-page report, <laughs> right? 32 pages now. I've got time on my hands. I'm not anything special here. I've just got nothing better to do. Yeah. Which is, hey, like a lot of people have right, right now. now yeah. right? <laughs> I send it off. I'm like, fucking no response. All right. I start to do a third, third report because now I've got the shit. It's got my fucking, I'm committed. And I get a call from his assistant, Chris. Uh, Chris Kalesi is his name at the yeah. time. He said, look, stop sending your shit through. He's got him. He'll talk to you, right? I'm like, oh, fuck me. Wow. Right? After so, the third one. Uh, as I was working on the okay. third. <laughs> I was just going to keep sending <laughs> these things, right? I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. So long story short, I, I, I get a meeting with him and his office at the time was in Double Bay. You know, as you come down, uh, New South, I think it's New South, yeah. New South Head Road, yeah. you see on the corner there. Um Walk into his office and, again, I'm 22, 23, man. I've got no fucking idea. I can barely tie my shoelaces. I sit down and he goes, all right, you got my attention. Now what? You got like a minute basically said talk. I'm like, holy fuck, I am not as prepared as I should have been. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, he's one of those dudes get to the point, right? Um, I don't have no idea what I said. I have no idea. I can't remember it. It'll just blur. And he goes, stop speaking. Calls his marketing people in, his CEO, his son. The people, by the way, are the reason why I'm there because they're doing a good job. So problems start from the get-go. So I'm like sharing ideas. You can see like this squirming and unhappy. I'm like, oh, this is not going to work out well. Did not work out well at all, <laughs> at all. Like he basically said to the team, work with this guy. From that moment forth, I got no love from anybody. It was just brutal, brutal, brutal. So my lesson though was always go to the top and keep the top on the radar. Mm-hmm. Don't let the top stay out of the, the loop. loop. The loop, yeah. Keep him so. in. And so you won him as a client. So he, he, he won he, him as a client, but all sorts of problems. It was disastrous for me because yeah. Neophyte had no idea, didn't know how to work with someone like that. Yeah. But it was a good reference because the, my first client, Renee Rifkin, the second client, were the people at the time that represented Robert Kiyosaki in Australia. Wow. Right? I love Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's how we got them as clients. Yeah. And I did the same bloody thing. Report number one. No response. Report number two, no response. I think I was midway through report number three. Susie Daphnis, who owned the company back then, called me directly and said, just stop sending me stuff. I'm loving it. I'm just being busy. Let's meet. (laughs) And we had a one, got her as a client, one year contract, speaking on their stages. Wow. Like a baby, right? Oh, you were young still. Baby, baby. And I'm doing like, I'm speaking on their stages as well. And like- Got really involved with them. And, wow. But because of them, that's what launched my copywriting career because now I could name drop. Yeah. You had them and you had Rufkin. Yeah. So that reminds me, yeah. my old man used to always say, when you're trying to sell to someone, 
You just call them so many times that they'd prefer pay you the money so you just <laughs> Shut stop up. fucking yeah, calling. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And this is where grit comes back. Yeah. Now, certainly with, with Renee, I had nothing better to do, but then I realized, shit, I'm onto something here. That's mm. when I started to do this purposely. Yeah. This is how I get – well, back then, I could, I could pretty much get anybody as a client because I would keep giving them ideas, 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 and never stop. Do you know what I like about that? Yeah. So actually happened to me yesterday. Someone linked in me, LinkedIn messaged me saying, oh, hey, Daniel, I'd love to just do a free audit of your website. There's lots of things that I would change. Mm. And I was like, well, fuck you, first of all, because <laughs> he just insulted me. Yeah. But second of all, he didn't give me any value. He just annoyed me. Just Whereas if I had received a really cool, like someone had spent mm. time, mm. like they, they'd really done a nice report and I had learned things and I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Wow, that's a great idea. And then I saw that this person is smart enough and willing enough to, uh, or driven enough to send in two or three. Of course you're going to. And, and, and so long as they're not dumb and the information's good, of course you're going to talk yeah. to them. It, that's the way to get in the door for anyone. People don't, sorry, I keep going. No, no, People right. don't. People don't work hard enough for their start these days. People got soft. People used to work for free for a year and then get a job. Now it's like, oh, I want to come in. I want flexible work hours. I want uh, 100 grand a year. Um, uh, I also want to create my own job in your company. So I want to be the uh, – <laughs> the, I had someone to come want to be a creative director once. It's like, we don't have that job. <laughs> What's that do? What, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's, it's whack. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. whack. I mean, here's the thing. I'll, tell, I'll put something on record here that's embarrassing. Yeah. Right? I've almost told nobody, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. If only we had some uh, Glenfiddich here, we'd yeah, be drinking, well, right? Next time. Well, we're on regular appearances. So right, we'll just get drunk to get on we'll the podcast. We'll have a drink and we'll just talk. Right. So here's a story for you. Okay, so Jim's mowing. Yeah. Uh, once I cottoned on to that I can get any client whenever I want pretty much mm. just by not giving up basically and pestering them with good Being ideas. The fuck it, who else do I want? And for some reason, some way, Jim's mowing popped into mind. Well, fuck it, I'll do this again with Jim's mowing. And so in his case, it took one report. So all these ideas, sent it through. And then one day I pick up my mobile back then, it's fucking Jim Penman. <laughs> I'm like, what's his last name? Jim Penman. Penman. What a Penman, legend. right? Alexi, it's Jim Penman, received your report. I'm like, uh, I'm like, fucking no idea. Clueless as fuck, right? Not prepared at all. We have this mad conversation. And here's the embarrassing part. He goes, all right, Alexi, here's what we'll do. I've got the world franchise get together coming up. You're going to be one of the keynote speakers. Wow. And it's like fucking in like two, three months and shit. And I'm like, I'm 23, right? I have no idea Jeez. about anything. I'm, sh I'm fucking just shooing this shit. Like um, yeah. I'm like slipping in here, right? <laughs> and I was so scared to death that I didn't follow up. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Embarrassing. I was so scared. I'm like that the world. I think like, I'm like, what the fuck am talk about I, I don't know what to say i hadn't done any public speaking hadn't done toastmasters hadn't done i was so unprepared oh my god and i'm like oh, what now i need to grow the fuck up and so i shriveled like a little girl yeah right but that was the, the first oh, only little time. person these days first only time that ever happened ever since then been cool but i was so felt so bad that i didn't follow up on it I have no idea what he did in the end. He would have found somebody else. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. my God. That's a lesson. It was like, for me, it was like, but here's the thing, right? I found a way to get any client that I want. Yeah. Right? And It worked too well. <laughs> I, felt, I felt so, so, so freaked out from that. Never again has that happened. Ever. Not once. I don't give a fuck who it is. I'll talk to him now. Yeah. Right? Because I felt so bad, yeah. so guilty that I shriveled up yeah. that one time, only time. Yeah. yeah? And, and that comes back to what we said before. Don't make the same mistake twice. 
Learn I, from your lesson. It was so painful. I, I couldn't even imagine what it would take for me to not show up. Mm. Yeah, right. you know, I used to be terrified of public speaking. Yeah, not terrified. I just used to my legs used to shake. I used to do yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, now I actually enjoy speaking to all the men when when That's I have good. to get on the stage. Which is so frequent now. So I like I actually get excited. I'm like, oh yeah, time to start, time to show. Well, you're an extrovert people person and stuff. So you're naturally that's that's your thing. You get energy from <laughs> naturally that. love attention. Yeah. I mean, like I'm actually introverted. Yeah. I, like if I'm in crowds for too long, I get I'm dead. I need to sleep. Yeah, but so am I. Uh, so th- and that's really? what, yeah, oh man. Nothing's more tiring than for me than networking. <laughs> I get home and I am so tired. I oh. I I will avoid it. If I can, that's why Cubs so good because it's so efficient. It. I meet the right people. I meet good people. I don't have to talk to them. Like it's just it works so well. That's why Cubs good for even people yeah. like yourself because it's efficient. It's a quick and uh. easy and fun way to to grow your network. Yeah. But really, even at the Cub events when there's all the people in the room and because everyone's also saying hello to me and stuff, that's re- it's because you got to it, to an extent act. You, you, you got to be really big. I so totally. Like, oh, hey, whatever, whatever. I totally pinned you wrong. Some fucking great copywriter I am. I yeah. totally got it wrong. I no. thought you were. Nah, you know who energy. loves it? Yeah. Loves this Anthony. Does he? Oh man, right, that right. guy. If there's no one there, huh. he's depressed. He's full of people. <laughs> Anthony just he comes alive. Oh, he oh, loves. Yeah, that's but, good. And we did. Have you ever done disc test? Disc, disc test before? Yeah, high eye. Who's an? I'm but, a high eye. Are yeah. you? Yeah. But doesn't that mean you should like? So Anthony's a high eye as well. I, I need would, to get my context. If I get my context correct, yeah. I could do a speech. Like I, I, I tried to swing a talk just for fun in Ukraine this year because a mate of mine did it last yeah. year for 8,000 people. Yeah, 8,000 people. I thought, fuck, I've never spoken to 8,000 people. That's a lot of people. Fucking Ukrainian. I can't even speak it. He had a translator. <laughs> Imagine a, a Ukrainian translator oh trying to keep God. up with me. I thought, this has got a fucking disaster written all over mm. it. This is great. So I was trying to swing. <laughs> and you're in the middle in a like a mini stadium thing, right? So I thought, fuck, I have to be working how to do 360s and stuff. Um, how did I get onto that? I, I have lots of energy yeah. in that sort of a context. Yeah. The moment I do Q&A one-on-one afterwards, yeah. you come off the stage and you get pummeled the with people. questions. You don't that like that. Of, uh, ah, then. see, yeah. I reckon I'm probably opposite. I don't mind uh, the one. I, 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 I don't know. I just get tired in social situations. They make me wow. tired. Really tired. It's like acting for me. It's like I have to put on, <gasps> like I have to be bigger. Oh, I have to be really interested. I have to be really nice. So yeah. you're introverted then because you, you get energy. You recharge. By, by myself. Oh, you're introverted. That's why I'll That's hide, I'll hide at home for a long, like wow. if I'm working really hard or if there's a lot, if it's a week where there's a lot of events and networking and things, I won't do anything else. I won't oh. even train. I won't go to the gym. I need so much energy to do it that I, I, I'll sleep. I'll pop sleeping pills. I'll get massages. I'll I'm start doing my Wim Hof breathing just to keep my body. I'm stunned. Um, you're an extrovert. So two more stories. So um, uh, public speaking, right? So uh, I mentioned before that uh, my second client were the people that represent Kiyosaki here in Australia back then, yeah. right? And I got quite involved in their community and so forth and started to speak on their stages. So the first key speech that I did for them a little bit down the line was for one of the rich dad advisors for Blair Singer is his name. He's a good friend of mine now. And um, it was for a few hundred people and I was fucking green as green, right? So I checked this out. Get up on stage and picture the scene. A few hundred people in the room and Alexi freezes (laughs) for 60 seconds. Now, 60 seconds in front of a few hundred people, that's like a two hours. A long time. And I forgot. Guess what I forgot? This opening line. My name. No. To introduce my name. I for- my name. 
It's right? scary. They say it's the greatest, like, it's more fearful yeah, than death. Yeah, it's it, it's brutal. Yeah. Now, um, here's the thing. Um, I eventually got into my mojo and by the end of it, nobody was throwing tomatoes at me. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Eventually got my mojo, but here's the thing. Ever since then, I could talk on the cuff about anything to do with my subject with any number of people, with any audience because yeah. the worst thing has happened. Yeah. And it ain't that bad. Yeah. So it turned the, out good the yeah. 60 seconds was brutal. It was like a fucking sweating, blushing. Mm. But from there, because I've wor- experienced what we're all fearful of, freezing, I would never trace it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So if you could freeze on stage, that's a beautiful that's, thing. That's going to be a good learning. <laughs> le- and but how do you prepare your speeches? I've got a really strict, like when I do a speech, I've got like a system that I run and it works for me. How do you do it? I know my subject cold. Yeah, so you can I just, just need. I need. The, I just need like our case here. We had a chat. And you said these three or four things. Which I think, yeah. I think we've hit on one of them. By the way, we haven't hit any. Of <laughs> <laughs> so we had a plan. You know, about. Like we had a plan. So all I need to know is just the keyword, the trigger, and that. Just I mean, it's, but any anyone who's got time served on on their subject yeah. can do that. Yeah. If you ask me to talk about fucking sewing, mm. what am I going to talk about? I got no yeah. reference. Yeah. So, well, when yeah. you know. So uh, that being said. That is kind of part of my system. I'll never write a speech. Uh, so I'll never read a speech. If I'm saying a speech, I don't read it. And the reason is because if I have to read it, I don't know it. Mm. So I'll normally write a speech by hand over and over again. So I'll get, I'll end up with a speech, I'll type it, then I'll write it by hand. I'll remember the, the talk points. And then when, I'm, so if I'm on stage, I can just remember those talk points. I know the content, like it's in my brain. Yeah, And so I can... All I have to do is remember the structure, the outline, yeah. and it actually comes across, in my opinion, better mm. because people like after cub speeches, uh, people come up to me like, "Man, you you just you're so natural when you speak." I said, "This is because I'm just talking, Practice bro. Talking. <laughs> 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 I'm not speaking. It's not a yeah. speech. I was just saying. I was just mm. talking. I was saying what I what I think, mm. and um, and I think that's." Uh, that's a nice element unless you're a politician and I mean, I say a lot of dumb shit on stage too, which could backfire on me one day. But if you're a politician, that really can backfire. You know whose job would suck the most? It would suck balls. Prime Minister? <laughs> no, that's bad enough. That's pretty bad. Being the, uh, the, the, the press, what's the word? What's the, the role? Press the, secretary. The press secretary for yeah. the president of the prime minister. Yeah. And taking questions on the fly. That, that job, because I've watched the West Wing yep. a whole bunch of times. Right, you know what the West Wing <laughs> yeah. is? You're still too young, 27 yeah. bastard. Like that job would suck. That that, that would suck because you say something wrong there. There's actually ripples. You know, big ramifications. Yeah, that's the whole issue yeah. with Trump pumping his tweets. Well, I mean, he just does. He, <laughs> then again, he just says whatever the fuck he wants. His and, ratings. Yeah. It, it, it's a good, you can learn a lot from the situation with yeah. in regards to marketing because mm. his ratings have now gone way up because the, it, they call it the Coca Cola effect. Or the brand of it. The more you see something, the more you see Trump, hear Trump, whatever. The more you see your brain, the more in your, the more your brain says, "I know that, I like that, I trust that. That's how it is." So I'm going to stick with that because the brain doesn't want change. It wants, it wants common. And so he's benefiting because now he's getting on stage twice a week, three times a week, addressing the nation. (laughs) So because they're seeing him so much, Mm. his ratings uh, um, are going, are going high. You know what I saw yesterday? Sorry, this is definitely a different topic. I thought it was very sneaky. Did you see how they? Release that pedo priest. The um, no, I'm staying off the news right yeah, now. The guy, anyway, the guy that um, pedo priest. Yeah, what's his that's name? Gonna Not the archbishop. Matter. Yeah, it's in the Arch- news. What's his name? name? Pell. Pell. Yeah, they've released him. Oh, right, and that's I crazy, thought, huh? of course, it's unbelievable, but ridiculous. But I thought those sneaky rulers of the world. They they're so clever. They 
we are going to release him, but we're going to do it at a time where you're too worried about your own life Sorry, at the pandemic. moment to care. Yeah, and also the media is too caught up in this pandemic that they're probably it might it might come out, but it's not going to be a very big deal because everyone's worried about yeah. dying in their lives in the jobs. I can see that being the situation. Hundred sure. percent. Yeah, if I, I was a ruler that. of the world and I yeah. was doing something sneaky, yeah, yeah. now would be when I do. You're the ruler of the world. Yeah, yeah was, that, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. that you're working towards. <laughs> but but I, but I would do something sneaky now because everyone's attention. People care about themselves first. Yeah, yeah. So if everyone's worried about their job, their health, their family, their lives, they can't pay their rent. Ah, oh, well, now is when I'm going to do something that, yeah, sure. that's dodgy that they're not going to notice because uh, they're too worried about their own You're on thing. the money. I agree. Mm. I agree. So. Tell me about, Warren because Buffett. we do have finished. Laura keeps waving yeah, yeah, her fingers yeah, yeah, at yeah. us. The Warren Buffett story, because right. I think this is something that a lot of people can use as a market. It's a marketing hack. Okay. So uh, Warren, so we're talking 2003, um, uh, Warren Buffett. I'm a huge fan of mm. all things Warren Buffett. And I, again, man, I think I had time on my hands or so, I don't even know what the heck I was doing. What, 2003, how old was I? 20, how old am I? 47. Oh, I'm well into my career. What the fuck am I doing writing to Warren Buffett? Anyway, so I'm well into my career, moving along now. And I got the idea to send him a letter. <laughs> but because it's Warren Buffett, I can only imagine the demands on his time. So I've thought through, how do I get through to this guy, right? And what do I know about him? He loves money, right? So certainly that's one thing we all know. But then I thought, you know what? How do I? He loves money, but how do I? How do I really cut through? So there's a thing that copywriters do in my my sort of uh, my group of people. Um, we if we're sending a letter in the mail, we want to get attention from people. One of the things we'll do is we'll attach something attention getting at the top of a letter. It could be in Warren Buffett's case, it was ten bucks. Okay, but other things I've attached are aspirin. <laughs> he loves money, so I yeah. sent him some money. So, but I didn't send him ten bucks US. Yeah, I purposely sent him a ten dollar Aussie note because back then we just changed our note from paper to plastic, so plastic. or so. So it's cool. So the ten buck note is colourful, new, novelty, and so forth. And I knew he hadn't been to Australia. I think he hasn't even been since. So I thought, you know what? I can imagine the assistant opening up this thing, saying ten buck Aussie, colourful, blue looking thing. Let's pass this on to the man, which is exactly what happened. Passed it on to him, and he was so like, like, fuck, this is just beautiful. He replied with a letter, like his own stationery, wow. and and invited me to be his guest uh, at, at Berkeley's AGM. Yeah, okay. It's now, the big summit thing they do, the once a year thing. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, I forgot to mention there was a I, I had a look in, I had an angle actually. I forgot now. Uh, an ex girlfriend of mine who was living in the UK knew that I was a like a psycho Buffett fan. Yeah. She called me and said, "You wouldn't believe who I met last night in a London bar." Right, who Warren Buffett? What? Yeah, yeah. I met Warren Buffett. It wasn't Warren Buffett. He had never been to London. He's an old man trying to pick up my ex girlfriend. Right, that's what it's about. Genius, Yeah, I'm Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, who knows what Warren Buffett looks like? You know, young girl, beautiful young blonde, twenty-one year old. Fucking sicko, man. That guy's a genius. So, in the letter, I actually said, "A girlfriend of mine saw you in the London bar just, you know, just recently." So he had a bit of a chuckle as well and yeah. then replied in the PS and said, look, I haven't been to London. It was, it was, a, look, it was a look alike. Uh, but you're invited to the AGM. Just make sure you bring Luana, my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny la- But you know what else? What a piece yeah. of shit. It hasn't come to Australia. It's the greatest country in the world. He doesn't, he doesn't like travelling, man. He, no. he sits eight hours a day and he, apparently in his office reading. And he like loves reports. drinking Coca-Cola. It's, it's crazy. Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke. So. Smartest, smartest man in the world is not smart enough to come to bloody Australia. So here's the thing. This is how I got through Renee Rifkin, uh, Susie at, at Powwow, Robert Kiyosaki's mm-hmm. people, Jim Penman, in, for, and now Warren Buffett. 
Everybody had a cover letter with some money at the top. Oh, so they all had the yeah. money. Yeah. So you so, bought them all. So you really can buy anything. You buy, you buy time. The, the, one of my most successful campaigns was an executive consultant whose target market are CEOs. Yes. He would attach a $100 note to the top of the letter and would ask for a minute of their time to read the letter. Wow. So That's really cool. And so powerful. what was your hook at the top of your letters for each of them? Um, um, uh, like what, what, how did you describe the money? Yeah, yeah. so why, uh, reason. Mr. Buffett, the headline says, Mr. Buffett, I've attached a, a $10 note to the top of the letter, okay? Then the open, the open starts with, uh, dear Mr. Buffett, as you can see, I've attached a $10 note to the top of the letter. Why have I done so? Two reasons. Number one, uh, um, I wanted to get your, since you're very busy, I wanted some way to get your attention. Okay. And number two, um, uh, what was the second part of the letter? Um, uh, since what I have to talk about involves money, I thought attaching a $10 financial eye catcher was especially appropriate. Okay. Now, I can't recollect what I put exactly, after that. Yeah. I talked so many years ago. But that's the normal traditional something setup for a oh, yeah. can I, is money. $10 can I have a minute just for the minute of your time yeah. it's going to take to read this. Yeah, yeah. That's, and so you did that for all three of them. But I've done that. I still do that with even our company now. Um, we, If we want to get in front of um, – I mean, CEO of, a, of an AFR 100 fast-growing company. Yeah. I'll get a five-buck note with a letter <laughs> and a copy of my book. We still do it. It's just a pain in the ass to administer direct mail. Yeah. If you're not doing big scale where you can outsource it, yeah. it's a pain in the ass. But it still works. But if you're targeting yeah, specific totally. people. And like people really, freak. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, that's, that's different. Like, They've never had it before. We're back to surprise and novelty. And oh, it's cheap. It's, mate, look, I can get in front of almost name anybody for 10 bucks a copy of my book. A $5 letter, stick it into a Why the book though? Don't you think the books are getting, like there's a lot of people with books now. I think they're losing their value. Uh, the reason is um, on the front cover, I've got Warren Buffett inviting me to his AGM. Uh, so I've got him on the front cover. On the back, I've got three incredible testimonials from people. And again, getting a book in the mail, it's, it, well, they may not even read it. Yeah. But it's novelty. It's like, who is this fucking guy? A yellow, bright yellow envelope stands yeah. out. There's money that he sent me for nothing. He's inserted a book. And in addition to that is Warren Buffett's letter to yeah. me that's just inserted too. So the whole thing is like, what is this? Like, yeah. never yeah. seen this before. You know what? Yeah. Next time we catch up, next time you come on the show, let's talk more about building um, um, a brand. What, what, what did you call it? Brand value when you when you become an expert? Oh, authority. Authority. Because that's, authority, that's yeah. what you're talking about it's now, heaps. isn't it? But, we won't talk about it now because we've got to we've got to wrap up. We'll be here till next week. But yeah, <laughs> but but um, next time you come on yeah. the show, yeah, man, which will be very soon, I hope. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll kick off with talking about how people can actually build that. We'll stay true to what we planned. Yeah, yeah, we'll actually do the plan today. We didn't speak about one yeah. thing we're yeah. supposed to. I love how we actually had a call to plan this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even consult any notes or anything. Yeah. And I never actually sent you. The <laughs> you never said it. Yeah, we sat down. I go, did oh, you send man. me the plan? I got hungry. <laughs> hungry. But and um, why don't we finish? Uh, leave the the incredible listeners that are so smart that they are listening to this show. Mm. Um, maybe a last thought from yourself, something to leave them to think about. I know. I obviously we just said we didn't plan anything, so you might need a few seconds to think about it. Don't forget, we can edit those seconds out. So take your time. I got the answer. Shoot. More than anything else, whether it's content, whether it's sales, whether it's branding, no matter what, ultimately the game is won by people that have this sorted out. 
And so- Wait, for, for those just listening, what's this? Oh, your head game. Pointing at your head. Your head oh, sorry, man. I'm video. Head game. <laughs> Mate, you got to get your head game. Head so. game. <laughs> Crazy dude. The head game is where it's at, especially right now with what's going on in the world. This is, this is an opportunity for all of us if we can see it. And the head game is where it's all at. And that is the game right there. So- What do you mean like, by head game though? Fucking your self-talk, mm. how you speak to yourself, how yes. you set your goals. You know, if you notice that something happens and you've got to drop in energy, no, no, stop right there. Journal on it. Speak mm. to someone. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But be unstoppable. Yeah. Conquer, conquer, conquer because it's normal to bump into obstacles. That is the normal part of life. It's yes. not about not wanting problems and obstacles. It's who you are in response to those. Yeah. So. That's an incredible lesson. In fact, when this year started, I reviewed every year of the past decade. So when 2020 came, I did every year and I summed every year um, back to 2010. Um, so when you were three, four, five, six, seven years old? No, no, it was a graduate high school, 2010. <laughs> and, and I summed up every single year and there were some really bad years in those years. And I figured out that the best years of my life were the years after the really bad years. And I thought that's got to be, it, three times it happened, and I thought that's got to be a correlation mm. between going through something hard, developing, being forced to learn, not being a little sissy and collapsing from and complaining about the world, but actually pushing you forwards and and, and, and becoming a better human being. Yeah. And and it correlated with the next year being better. And now I can tell you all the years by name of like what I titled them because I know it's up. I think everyone should do that. Anyway, let's leave it fucking there. All right. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it because I definitely love talking with Alexi and he's obviously going to be coming back very, very soon because that was kick ass. <laughs> thank you all.